It's always, always a pleasure to be here. I'm George Ling. I'm one of the elders here, and I'm so thankful for the opportunities that they continue to give me to come in front of you and, and share what I feel like God has put into my heart. Uh, you know, sometimes it just makes me laugh that they would continue to let me have a microphone, but whatever. It's on, it's on them. Um, so as you, as you recall, last week, Pastor Beth, before her surgery, gave a pretty awesome message on the, on the Holy Spirit, the revealer. And so if you have not seen that message, I urge you, please, go watch it. Give it a listen. It's good stuff. I mean, of course it is because it's Pastor Beth, and she rarely, I don't think she ever swings and misses. That's a home run hitter right there every time. So we're so thankful, and I know you all agree with me, that we are so thankful to have someone as strong as Pastor Beth uh, just leading and guiding us. So we, we started last week a, a series called Empowered, which is really cool because a lot of the Vineyard churches are doing this across the country. So this is pretty neat that all the Vineyard churches, our sister churches, are talking about the same topics we are at the same time. So this is, this is a collective cool right here. This is a very collective cool. So I'm really excited to have the opportunity to bring uh, this week's message on healing. Now this is a topic that's really important to me. I absolutely, positively believe in the healing power of God. I believe in the move of the Holy Spirit. I believe with every ounce of my being that God is available for healing and that he does it today. That this isn't bygone stuff that we read about just to be wowed in our head to go, wow, that's cool. No, it happens now and it happens today. So it's a very special message for me, but it's a really, it can be a really hard message too because this subject it's, it's kind of maligned in some, in some places where, you know, it can run like, a, healing can run like a rushing river, a wild rushing river across denominations and different beliefs and, and, and uh, different ways that it's handled. It can just be wild and crazy. So it's really important that we are really grounded in what our theology is about healing. And it's really really important that we're grounded in, in the healer. So those things are really important. So like I said, this is a, this is a subject that I'm, I'm really passionate about. In my opportunities to minister in Nicaragua and, and here in, in this church and in different places, I've had the real opportunity to see the power of God display. I have seen blind eyes open. I have seen deaf ears hear. I have seen the lame made to walk. So it's hard to come from spaces like that and not believe that there is a God who is ready to impact. There's a God who's willing to move. There's a God who is able, right? But at the same time, I have seen good, godly people not get healed. And prayers have gone up, passionate prayers, lifted high, 
tears shed, floors pounded on as people prayed intensely for their loved ones. And they didn't get healed on this side of heaven. At least in a lot of cases, not the way people were expecting. See, sometimes we get so caught up with the thing we want that we miss what God did. I had two brothers, two friends, dear friends, died of cancer. One from pancreatic cancer and the other from brain cancer. I love these men dearly. One of these men I was, I was discipling, and before he was sick, we would sit across from each other at a lunch table, and he would tell me how he'd never felt the presence of God in his life. Never. But he wanted to. But he was in that, in that awkward space of, do I believe, do I not believe? I want to believe, but I'm not sure I can because I've never felt his presence. And then he got sick. And then people were praying. And people were, were just actively seeking God for his healing. And his body continued to deteriorate. And the weight started falling off of him. And, you know, the, the church, you know, was mobilized and people were going crazy and how they wanted to say no one could talk about him not being healed. And people were talking about, oh, you can if you have faith, you can pray. But if you're not sure, you can't pray. What the world? Stuff got messed up. And you know what happened? People missed what God did. God did a miracle in this young man's life. One day after service, I was sitting out in the steps, sitting down outside on the steps. He came and sat right there next to me, this far away. This young man had told me he'd never felt the presence of God in his life. I looked over at him, and his eyes were just so clear and blue that day. And he looked at me, and he said, George, God speaks to me every single day. Yeah. Every single day, God was speaking to this young man. And his eyes were so full of life. They were so full of life that they betrayed his condition because you saw so much life in his eyes. They betrayed the cancer that was eating him up. And people missed it because they were so focused on what they wanted to see God do, how they wanted to see him healed. My friend Dana Smith went on several mission trips with me. A young, young, young guy who continued to question everything about God. And questioning is great. We need to question. We need to push. But he would question all the time where God fit in his life if he was real, if he believed, how he believed, all these things. Brain cancer began to eat away at him. And that young man laid in a hospital bed in his living room that they had brought in for him, and he sang worship songs. He sang worship songs. (laughs) 
when his body couldn't move out of a bed. He praised his Lord with all his heart, and he exuded love from that place of sickness. And you know what he loved? He loved people to come visit and read him the scriptures because he could no longer hold that Bible up. And he couldn't see because the, the tumors in his, in his brain were just pressing on so many places. I wanted to get through this. God moved in his life. Do you think he was not healed when he was saying, I don't know if I believe, to a place where he's singing, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. So we've got to be clear. We've got to have a clear understanding of the now and not yet. We have to have a good understanding. So from the, um, I apologize again that our screens aren't working, but this is from the Vineyard website. While the kingdom of God was breaking into the world through Jesus, all human suffering, pain, and difficulty did not disappear. In fact, it still remains with us to this day. For Jesus, while the kingdom of God was happening in the present, it was also yet to come in all its fullness in the future. Through Jesus, God has inaugurated the kingdom on earth, but he would consummate it one day in the future. In practical terms, this means that when we pray for the sick, a hallmark of the vineyard from the very beginning, some will be healed, others will not. Yet with faith, we pray confidently for the healing and entrust the result to God. We believe that a, that a necessary tension will always exist between the now and the not yet of the kingdom. We pray for the sick, and we have seen many healed. We do the work of compassion, and we have seen the poor restored to hope. But we do not always see the results we want to see this side of heaven. Yet we believe that every faith-filled act of prayer puts a deposit of love into the person who is suffering. And we have testimonies from every corner of the earth that at times the kingdom of God does break through. And that power heals the sick. So this is an important tenet of the, of the vineyard and, and inclusively to our church. We're a part of this movement. We believe in the inbreaking power of God. Heaven coming down to earth. Affecting the atmosphere here, bringing change. We believe in the work of the Spirit here on earth, in our midst. So let us, reminded, let us be reminded that Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. And by extension, he taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven, the here and the not yet, the now and the not yet. We want it done here as it is there. It's very important. Heaven is the place where all is brought to wholeness, to fullness. Jesus teaches us how we can bring heaven down to earth and have the atmosphere of earth change in the now. Let's keep that in our minds 
as we look, look forward in the message. Isaiah, when he prophesied about Jesus, he said these things. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of of his splendor. This is Jesus' ministry mandate. The heart of God sent to earth to touch hearts and lives in meaningful ways. Jesus fulfilled these things and more. Thank you, Lord. Through his years ministering on the earth, Jesus' miracles were predominantly in the realm of physical healing. If you read about the miracles, a lot of them were physical healings and deliverances from the, the demonic. He came to impact the standard of living of the common folk. For good measure, he even raised people from the dead. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I didn't have this stuck in my head, but there's three accounts People always think of Lazarus, but he did it multiple times. So it was just fun for him, I guess. Look what I can do. <laughs> you know? But this is, this is the heart of Jesus' ministry. He came to impact our life, our living, and he's still doing that today. So God sent his son to show the world his heart for them. He saw them, and his heart was full of love. Through Jesus, he could ad address their condition. Jesus came to save on more than one level. He came to touch on multiple levels. Jesus' acts of healing served a twofold purpose. One, the miracles authenticated the divine sonship. He was doing stuff Others couldn't do, and that power had to be from God. And it was God's response to true human need. These miracles were a response to our need. We needed miracles. He provided them. What an awesome God, right? He didn't look past our need. He looked straight at them. Matthew 9, 35 through 36. I hate these things aren't working, but we'll, we'll roll with it. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. In Matthew 4.14, 4, he, he adds, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. He sees us. He saw a great crowd, had compassion on them, and healed their sick he sees us he sees our need he sees the depth of our pain the depth of our hurt and he heals Miriam Webster's dictionary defines compassion this is amazing I love these words put together 
sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. <laughs> Does that not sound like Jesus? I mean, they might as well have just taken those words out and just put compassion is Jesus. <laughs> Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. The heart of God displayed through Jesus. Yeah. So healing comes forth from a place of intersection. The place where a connection to the human condition intersects with the heart of love that desires to see that condition changed. Wow. I hate that you can't take pictures of stuff I wrote. <laughs> bad George, bad George. <laughs> uh, but does that not sound like the God in whom we have given our lives over? Yes. God is so good. As I was studying all the miracles recorded of Jesus, there seemed to appear four buckets where, where multiple healings kind of landed. Faith, sin, God's glory, son's authority. Faith, sin, God's glory, son's authority. Now, people try to split those things apart. I say they're all the same. All those things God addresses. Every miracle shows his authority and it elevates his glory, right? And he's as concerned about our soul and our spirit where, where sin take, has taken over. He's concerned about that just as much as what's the physical problems. So he is a holistic healer. He comes to heal it all and take it all. But we're going to take a, a look at a few of these different healings just to get a feel for how Jesus worked. Because as we understand, it is God's will and heart to heal. Say that again. It is God's heart and will to heal. That should never be in question. Is it your will? Yes. Emphatic. Yes. It is his will. So we never question that. But we weigh the healing aspect on the now and not yet. It's his will. It's his will to heal. The first bucket is faith. Mark 5, 25 through 34 gives this account. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd, touched his cloak, because in her mind she thought this, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. What? <laughs> that is faith. If I just touch his cloak, I will. There's no question. She knew she would be healed. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, and he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? 
You see the people crowding against you, the disciples said, and yet you can ask, who touched me? Yeah, yes, he can. And Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Daughter. How beautiful is that? Daughter, your faith has healed you. That's beautiful. The woman had suffered for a long time. She had heard about Jesus, and this started a turning in her thoughts. If only I could reach him. If only I could touch his cloak. I know I will be healed. Faith. See, I know what he's been doing. I've been hearing the stuff. I've been hearing what he's doing. And I know that his power is from God. And I know that I will be healed. And that instance isn't the only time that faith is mentioned in a healing. But we're just going just to look at a few things. Because we have to understand that Jesus was able to do what people required. And faith that brought them directly to Jesus to provide the healing they needed. Faith was not in Jesus' will to heal. What was it on? The faith was on his ability to heal. Their faith wasn't in his will to heal them. It was in his ability to do it. Sin. Next bucket. John 5, 5 through 17. One who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned what he had seen in the condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus said, well, then get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured and he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which he took place was Sabbath, was the Sabbath. So, so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Remember the story about the people missing my friends getting healed the way that they were healed? And, you know, they're focusing on this guy's carrying a mat. Not the fact that a few minutes ago he couldn't even get up. But he's carrying a mat. Hey, you're not supposed to do that. Pick up your mat and walk is what I was told. So who, they say, who is this fella who told you to pick it up? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. And later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again, so stop sinning. Stop sinning or you'll be worse than what you were before. Stop sinning. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders, that it was Jesus who had made him well. So see, Jesus knows the condition of our heart and is concerned about that condition. And he also knows that sometimes the condition of our heart affects our physical body, our physical being, right? So sin sometimes is something that needs to be taken care of. God's glory, John, verse 9, 1 through 8, says, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Who's, whose fault was this, that this poor guy can't see? Neither. 
This man nor his parents have sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. He was born this way because there was going to be an intersection of time when this man's blindness would meet the power of God for the glory of God. Thank you, Lord. Night is coming. Oh, excuse me, I'm skipping ahead. As long as it's day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and put it in the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. The word meant sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Hallelujah. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begged, asking, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Yes, it was. And now he doesn't have to. Next bucket is son's authority. In Luke 5, 18 through 26, we see this account. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him to the house to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles and into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, you have great faith. You think that's what he said? No. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Not you have great faith. Not thank you for praying. Friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Ah, we're missing it again, right? But God alone. God alone can forgive. And Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He has authority. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. And everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe. I love this. I love this sentence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for putting it in the Bible. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Jesus, the Son of Man, has authority to forgive sins, but also has the authority over the physical ailments, sickness, disease, and even death here on the earth, here in our Mits. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Do we not want to say those words here now? Do we not want to see, do we not want to be filled with awe today and say today in our midst, we have seen remarkable things because we serve a mighty and living God. Who does not want this statement to be true of the here and right now? Can we believe that this morning? Can we believe that remarkable things can and will happen today, right here, right now? Can we look to Jesus and know without a shadow of a doubt, deep in our very spirit and soul, that Jesus is able to provide us, all of us, with the healing that we need, physical, mental, spiritual. He has authority and power over it all.
So if the if the ministry team, worship team can come back up, prayer teams come forward. These aren't just words. I don't want these to just be words. Do you believe it? Do you believe that the stuff that's happening in your life, that the circumstances in your life can be affected and changed by Jesus? Do you believe that? Do you believe that here today, heaven can come down to earth and the things that you need touched, the parts of your life that need compassion, that need love, that need a holy hug. Do you believe that this morning? Let's be a church filled with compassion. Because another tenet of the vineyard is that everyone gets to play. So as we start to let George quiet down and calm down a little bit. Let's be... Let's be a church that is filled with this truth, that we believe this to the core. Let's be a church that that makes space, that makes room, that, that absolutely just adores the presence of God doing stuff here. Let's be a church filled with the Lord's compassion and be moved to pray for one another. Let us see healings in our midst and let it, let it be the norm because we are a church that believes in the power of God to heal. What would it be worth coming here if we didn't believe that? Are our, 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 our expectations so low or are they so lofty that we can intersect God's power and love for us with our belief that he will do it see it's not about oh he'll do it for them he won't do it for me no that's garbage garbage out please Let's take that garbage out. He is a loving Father. He is a loving Lord. And I love how many times it says that he looked out upon the crowd. He saw the depth of their need. Do you have need here this morning? Is it deep? I, my need is deep. <laughs> Sometimes I'm wallowing in it. It's so deep. <laughs> Sometimes I like to stay in it. Not healthy. <laughs> but God is here and he's present. Let's be in awe today because we saw remarkable things. Are you ready to see remarkable things, church? Let's get quiet before the Lord as the musicians are playing softly. I think I said softly. <laughs> softly. And let's connect with that heart and compassion of Jesus this morning. Quiet our spirits and let's, let's hear him speak.
Let's feel the presence of God in fullness here this morning. Holy Spirit, we give you freedom to move. We give you freedom. We give you space. This is your space. This is your place. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. As thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever.